Hello, and welcome to Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen, and I'm joined today by our president, Father Bouquet. Welcome back, Father. Well, Colleen, great to be with you once more. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Well, thank you. A, thank it's you. It's been a little bit. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of mission travel since the last time we were able to be together. Yeah. Yeah. All the really cool countries that you have to <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to talk about some of those mission trips one day. Yeah, that would be really good. I'd love to hear the stories that you have coming out of them. I heard a little bit when you were sharing with the staff recently, but it would be cool to let our audience know what you do on your mission Amen. Trip. Well, let's make that happen. Okay. So today we're going to be discussing Henry Kissinger, who was the author of the Kissinger Report, otherwise known as National Security Study Memorandum 200 or NSSM 200. And that was written in 1974, I believe. Correct. And obviously Henry Kissinger just died this past November on November 29th. So let's just start with that. Who was Henry Kissinger for anyone who's never heard his name? Because I right. hadn't before I started here. Well, you know, so many people in the pro-life movement, especially uh, those who are, uh, you know, born, you know, in the 1980s and, mm-hmm. and forward may not even heard of, of Henry Kissinger. And so Henry Kissinger was the Secretary of State under uh, President Richard Nixon okay. and also served under the Gerald Ford administration as well. And so he really is a key player from the National Security Council uh, under the Nixon era of how to address uh, the United States' primary needs. Now, financial needs, military needs, you know, resources. Uh, and so this document really f- flows out of uh, that kind of conversation, that level of conversation under the Nixon era. And what is this document? Because I had never heard about it before I started working here at HLI, and then everyone was talking about NSSM 200, and I didn't know what it was. And I was pretty well-versed in knowing things about the pro-life atmosphere sure. in the United States. So can you explain that for our listeners? Well, the first thing I would do is, is really direct uh, you know, our, our, our listeners to our own website. And if they type in you know, NSSM 200 or the National Security Study Memorandum, they can actually read the document. That's the first thing, Colleen, I would recommend in because it's a lengthy document, but as we do in all things, people need to really read so they can understand not just uh, this little excerpts that we're going to give today, but to read the document. So the document is dealing with how does the United States deal with uh, foreign policy in regarding its own uh, uh, sovereignty, its own needs. And so so the document needs really- Needs or wants? Well, that, that's a, that's, <laughs> it depends on what perspective and which chair you're sitting in. Okay. Uh, because of their perspective was really pragmatic. It was really just looking at things from a utilitarian point of view. What are the needs of the United States to maintain its power, mm-hmm. to maintain its political power, its economic power, its uh, power in military, but mm-hmm. also in the sense of its lifestyle. Now, you got to remember, as we've talked about many times, you know, the U.S. Uh, has, as a first world, as a developed nation, mm-hmm. uh, has become very materialistic, very consumeristic, uh, and sadly, very much uh, ind- suffers from individualism. And this would have been in the middle of the Cold War that they were looking at all these questions, correct? Do you think that affected it at all? I, th- I think more so it was just the mindset of of looking at how do we keep the United States as we want it to be. What's the vision of the U.S.? And so, let me give you an example. If we look today, you know, which countries today would absorb most of the steel or the the mm-hmm. ore to create steel? What countries would be, you know, primarily consuming most of the electricity of the world today? And we realize, you know, the answer to that would be some of the main first world nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet they are not as populated as some of the developing parts of the world. And so if we look at this, so here in the United States today, people want to drive their big cars and they want to have their big houses and they want to maintain their lifestyles. Mm -hmm. 
No different in 1974. And, and so, yes, we can say there were other influences, no doubt. Uh, but when you read the document, you really get a picture of the, uh, the, the horrific mindset of Kissinger and those working with him, uh, Nixon included, mm -hmm. uh, of depopulation. You know, that's the real issue here. Okay, so this is probably like a very blunt and like probably too, like not very nuanced way to put it. But was it basically saying keep the populations of other countries small so that we can use their natural resources? So that, and that would be one way to summarize it. You know, okay. we, you know, basically it is in order for us to maintain our needs, once, mm -hmm. if you want to add that word in, is we have to keep the the rest of the world, especially where there are those resources are found, mm -hmm. you know, in smaller uh, population, so that we they'll have less use of those, and we'll have greater need use of those. So mm -hmm. basically, by cre by creating policies that promote depopulation, and mm -hmm. that's what the document says. And people might be listening, going, "Oh, come on." read the document. I'm going to read one paragraph. I think it's important. It's a very, very important paragraph. Now, I know it's a, it's a little long, but I'm, okay. I'm not going to read all no, of it. No, I think it's good to But it says, read. there is also the danger that the lesser developed countries, what's called LDCs, will see pressures for family planning as a form of economic or radical imperialism. So this could well create a serious backlash. So he's looking already that if we start promoting these policies, then we're going to see a backlash. But here's the paragraph that I, I want us to consider from NSSM 200. The U.S. economy will require large and increasing amounts of minerals from abroad, especially from less developed countries, LDC, as I just mentioned. That fact gives the U.S. enhanced interest in the political economic and social stability of the supplying countries. So it's looking at the other countries and questioning their political, economic, and social stability. Wherever a lessening of population pressures through reduced birth rates can increase the prospects of such stability, population policy becomes relevant to resource supplies and to the economic interest of the United States. So, in other words, if we see a country growing in population, and obviously that would promote greater stability for that nation because people are, uh, and we don't look at this from a utilitarian point of view, but mm -hmm. people are the greatest resource, their gifts, their skills. So it's looking at them and saying, if those nations continue to rise in population, that becomes a threat to the United States. Okay, I definitely misinterpreted that then because I heard that and I was thinking that they were wanting countries to be stable. No, no, because no. it seems like they're just saying they're interested in how stable they are. So it's not a it's, we it's, want these countries to be stable so that we can most effectively get the resources. No, at. no, you want you want to because if because again, if you look at uh, today, look at India. So India today is a growing economic power. Yeah. Right. Years, decades ago, that was not the case. Okay. And so but you have a very large population. You have a population that is growing and it's strengthening its economic, its social stability. Mm -hmm. And so it's entering the market now. In a, in a very strong way that at one time it did not. And so we can say the same thing uh, in other countries. And so this mm -hmm. becomes a concern from the Kissinger point of view, from the National Security Memorandum, looking at that and saying, hey, that becomes a threat you know, to our own need. Because if India, let's say today, and other countries are then using their own resources, and mm -hmm. we now have a less opportunity to those resources, then that becomes a threat to the United States. Okay, so I'm still confused about this then, because India has been one of the primary targets of population control. And it's you don't have more than two children, right. very much targeted by population control. So wouldn't that go 
against like wouldn't that be proving the point that if you have population control and families have two kids you're going to end up with something more stable well, eventually that's that's the goal because if you want to depopulate you want to decrease the population but wouldn't that be making it more stable well no because it makes it more dependent so it, you know oh. so so it, and that's the whole idea you're trying to position the united states in a position of leverage this is the okay. this is the motivation. So basically, if we stay, we have to stay strong. We have to be, you know, the 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 main player on the block. Mm -hmm. And so, in order to maintain that, we need to make sure that these other countries are not growing instability. Now, we can't come out and say that. That's why I was reading this other quote yeah. about we can't have come across as imperialistic here, you know, and colonialism, uh, colonialism that we once had around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't do that because that would portray us in a very bad light, nor could we go out and impose depopulation policies. So when you mm -hmm. read the document, you're going to hear about abortion. There's a section on it, mm -hmm. but it also recognizes in that period of time that we could not use money from the United States to leverage abortion around the world. However, what we could do is leverage the United Nations. We can leverage their policies and their in procedures and international people to go in and speak about you know, these issues and make these available, whether they're legal or illegal. So mm -hmm. by reading the document, you get it clear. It points out 10 countries. You know, obviously, uh, one of the main countries was the Philippines. That I was. Think it's, it's, I think it's thirteen. Well, it might be because uh, um, I we did mm -hmm. we're writing an ebook on international oh, Plant Parenthood, okay, and I was writing the section on IPPF. And oh, there's so a you... short section on the Kissinger report, but I haven't actually read the report. I okay. was using our resource articles on the report just to kind of get the basic points across. Great. And I'm pretty sure it was thirteen because I was comparing it to then the top grants from International Plant Parenthood in okay. the past five years. And a lot of those original 13 countries are still receiving the highest amount of funds from right, international right. So that's good. That, and so that's great. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, reading it and, you know, being familiar with it is going to mm -hmm. help, you know, whether, you know, to look at. Because today, you know, if you kind of consider that this policy of the United States, this is a foreign policy. This is a, a state policy. It's still followed today. This is still being used. It has never been rescinded. It's never been denounced. And it wasn't until the 1990s when it became public. And mm -hmm. uh, when it became public, obviously, it exposed all this agenda from the Nixon era forward. So nobody knew about it ahead of time. It was like a classified, it was, it was a classified top document. secret document. Okay. Classified document. And so people were able to get their hands on it. And, and and we've written on this you know, so much at HLI because we see the impact of this globally. Mm -hmm. And so when you realize you know, uh, the whole uh, United Nations Population Fund, when you look at USAID, when you look at many of those agencies, non-governmental organizations, you know, private foundations and, and a litany of so many engaged in this. You have to question, mm -hmm. you know, why is this so important to the United States, you know, to promote depopulation? Now, it doesn't come out and speak about depopulation in a sense of verbalization. The document speaks of it, mm -hmm. right? But I'm just saying no one gets up on a microphone in the State of the Union, oh, we have to depopulate the world. No. Don't people talk about that, though, with like population control and how well, we have to... Uh, that's a different term. So because the idea here is that, you know, it, it, again, we have to we speak of sexual reproductive rights today. You yeah. know, we use other euphemisms to kind of hide, you know, the real underneath, the really uh, pussy part underneath this policy. Mm -hmm. And that is depopulation. Okay. So okay, I've got, obviously I have a few questions about this just because I'm trying to understand <laughs> it better and I don't know that much about it. This was written at a time when, though, when population, people were like, oh, my goodness, we're going to overpopulate the earth, population hysteria. Right. So I guess I'm trying to, I like I said, I haven't actually read the document. 
it's definitely written from a perspective of we want to keep countries unstable so that we get their economic benefits of having access to their natural resources rather than we actually think population like overpopulation is a legitimate threat to humanity. And this is our like right. misguided, but right. Well, um, well I think Colleen, yeah, when people have to do, you kind of the put nice thing, we're being good. Here. Sure. Well, put, <laughs> put, put things in the, in, in, in the, in the light. So we, what happened in 1968? So we have a uh, Paul Elric writes mm-hmm. this, this, this book. All right. And so what happens in this period of time is, you know, uh, we, we, we have with this fear mongering about, overpopulation mm-hmm. and of course you know what happens and this is uh, elric's predictions have all f- failed all mm-hmm. of them all right and yet it's still around the day we still have this people thinking that the world is overpopulated i mean mm-hmm. we we hear it all the time especially you know uh when you when you uh just uh, when political elections are coming up or mm-hmm. you know in different countries and we've done podcasts on it right. before when we had the ace billionth person born right, exactly people exactly. were freaked out about it right but so. what happens here so it doesn't mean that wasn't contained in the mindset. Okay. But when you read the document, you know, it, it uses this language to its advantage. Okay. To promote and to f- play on that fear to kind as of a couch, state policy. Yeah. To couch this policy in... Well, to, give, to, give, to give it to boundaries, you know, to, to kind okay. of set it within science, science and, uh, you know, evidence-based, which it was, which Paul Eric's one is not. Mm-hmm. And so it has been debunked time and time again, all of his predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Brian Close has written on this many times, and it's on our websites. People can, website, people can access that as well. It'd be great to get uh, Dr. Brian on here one day, because this is what he has spent so much of his research doing, mm-hmm. is is debunking all this, but also exposing it. And we have actually, uh, he's written, uh, you know, so much on the uh, National Security Memorandum. And in all of our training programs, this is one of our key documents that we start with, to expose okay. the policy, because as we've talked about here in our podcast many times, people in, in the developing worlds, those that are being, having imposed upon them mm-hmm. these horrific uh, depopulation, population control mindsets and frameworks and policies and procedures, you know, they're the ones suffering as a result of this. Mm-hmm. And as we know, if you read the, the Kissinger report in SSM 200, what mm-hmm. you will see is that there is no concern for the legitimate well-being on, and flourishing okay. of these nations. See, that's why I was asking about it, because I feel like I've read enough, doc- like I've had to be on in IPPF's website to read what they have to say, right. or I've like looked like the skimming that I've done of articles like this, a lot of it is couched in those terms of like, we want to increase the quality of life for people, or we're going to couch this in this idea that population is a bad thing and we want to help. And it's hard to separate how much of this is bad intent and how much of it is a misunderstanding of what will actually help people. And that's why I was trying to understand when the document was written, was it, oh, we're the United States and we can do something to help these countries, even if it's a misguided help that kills millions of people, or was it, we actually just want to benefit from right. it. And so it's, it'd be the latter. It's, okay. it, 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 when you read the document in whole, there is no consideration of human flourishing. Okay. It uses the language to be able to advance its agenda. Because again, it's just the same way. I can't come in and tell you what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you my real motivation. You know, and, and you know, when you realize that Pope Benedict XVI, as did John Paul, as has uh, Pope Francis, condemned this mindset. Yeah. Because we see what happens when developed worlds go into the developing worlds and impose these horrific values of, of depopulation, sterilization, contraception, abortion, mm-hmm. the whole gender identity confusion issue, all of this upon a people that do not want it at all. Mm-hmm. And they tie it to you at, to aid, 
they tie it to so-called, you use the word charity. This mm -hmm. is not charity at all. Oh, and Pope, obviously. Right. And but... that's what Pope Benedict, you know, has condemned, condemned, and that's what Pope Francis has steadily condemned. Mm -hmm. And that's why he uses this uh, this uh, colonialism. He uses this colonization of the mind. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, so it's it, here when you read this, it really can get you angry mm -hmm. because you you realize what's behind all of it is, is not anything other than a selfish motivation. Now, people may read this, oh, what about the sovereignty of the United States, you know? Well, that'd be a conversation that we can speak about, but do we really benefit on the backs of other people? And when you figure like in the United, in, in Africa, for example, when you have nearly 30% of the total continent without access to clean drinking water, mm -hmm. but you will have ready access to contraception and abortion and many other things that they don't need at all. Mm -hmm. And and so in, when you look at the same thing in the Philippines and especially in different parts of the Philippines where there's still a great need. Um, and so this is all tied to this, Colleen. Yeah, I just found the list of the 13 oh, countries. Oh, good, good, you yeah. found them, awesome. Yeah, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Nigeria, Mexico, Indonesia, Brazil, the Philippines, Thailand, Egypt, Turkey, Ethiopia, and Colombia. Right. And then when I was going through, I wrote these down because I had these on the list. Um, the International Planned Parenthood financial statements from 2018 to 2022. Right. So the five most recent ones. I don't think any have come out since then. Um, Bangladesh, Colombia, Indonesia, and the Philippines have received in the past five years at least one of the top grants. Right. And then India, Pakistan, Ethiopia, and Nigeria received a top grant all five years. Correct. So out of those 13 countries, eight of them are still getting top Absolutely. grants from International Planned Parenthood. And when you and when you think about this, is I mean, people listen to this immediately especially the, uh, maybe not our audience our audience who's been around long enough they they see they understand they they recognize as we do with roe v wade you know what happens on a global issue is that when the overturning of roe it affects how the world lo looks at this as well mm -hmm. so here's another example that we we're not surprised by the actions of the united states imposing its own ideological positions and values, so-called values, upon the rest of the uh, of the vulnerable world. Okay, so we've talked about how the United States had an economic interest in imposing this kind of population control in other countries, specifically mm -hmm. the 13 targeted ones. How did they go about doing that? What does the Kissinger Report lay out of the like tactics for what what are they promoting? How are they reducing this population? Right. So we already spoke a little bit about it, or I mean, alluded to it at least. Mm -hmm. So you have to really uh, recognize by using agencies, the United States itself can't be seen, you know, with dirty hands, you know, mm -hmm. because it would be perceived as, oh, you, you are intruding upon our own sovereignty. Your, mm -hmm. your selfish motivations are about your own self, you know, not about the well-being of our country. So again, we have to bring other mechanisms in order to do this. So International Planned Parenthood Federation, you've already mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, became- it's specifically named, I think. Exactly. Well, I haven't read the document. I've heard that it's specifically named it does. in the document. It does, and so it moves it right in there. So basically it says, so I'll, I'll pull form it for you. So basically when you read the report, it's called the Implications of Worldwide Population Population growth for U.S. security and overseas interest. This is the the full full title of the document. Oh wow! And okay. what it does, it was a result of collaboration by many many groups. But what it gets into here is um, in the uh, in in the document, it specifically declared that the United States was to cover up its population control activities and avoid charges of racism and imperialism by indu inducing the United Nations and various non-governmental organizations, specifically 
IPPF, International Planned Parenthood Federation, the Pathfinder Fund, and the Population Council to do all of its work. Now, this is all coming from, I'm using notes from Dr. Brian Close's research. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's important for our readers to read the document, you know, come to the website, Brian has done a lot of hours on this. And I can link them in the description That would as be well. very important. And what it shows, though, is, again, is we, we don't want to be perceived as, you know, uh, having a, a racial, you know, uh, position or colonization. Yeah, it's exactly. the same kind of colonization. Exactly. That but, then it, but it goes on. So it says this, quote, the U.S. economy will require large and increasing amounts of minerals from abroad. You know, so as I quoted earlier, so then what it does, so... It, it looks at it and says, if we don't have those resources, it puts the United States in jeopardy for its own social, its own political, and its own economic stability. So it, it's using language that the United States is being threatened by this growing population. So the way to, to deal with this is we have to promote a lesser population. Mm -hmm. And so the document is, is, is dealing with this. And so, so when you and you realize when Kissinger, like in my own article in Spirit and Life uh, after uh, Kissinger died, I talked about a recent interview that Kissinger did, and he's mm -hmm. actually praising, you know, the one-child policy of China, mm -hmm. all right, and 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 because of its what it's created, you know, and so it's important for our readers to realize that Kissinger maintained you know, his 100 years of life, I mean, his, his mm -hmm. adult life, you know, believing this mindset and, and seeing it as a value. Okay. So going back to the question I just asked, you mm -hmm. asked, you answered my second one. The, the one I was trying to ask was, which I didn't phrase very well, was what means were they using to reduce population? Was it abortion? Was it contraception? What were the actual practical, sure. this is how we reduce population ideas well, laid out to, in the Well, Kissinger you have to look report. at the groups they're working with. So, so obviously okay. it's going to be through types of uh, contraception. So you have to convince people that they are better off with a lower population. This yeah. is this the argument still used today. So sex education. So you you would use the uh, sex education programs. You would uh, obviously be promoting the use of contraception globally. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, the Kissinger Report recognizes that it cannot use U.S. funds to advocate for abortion abroad, and okay. so uh, it re realized so that's why it's using these other agencies to be able to to do their work. So I've also heard that. They specifically mentioned abortion as no country has been able to reduce population without abortion. So it's, it's 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 obviously saying it cannot do it directly, but it realizes, as you just quoted very beautifully from the document, that no country has been able to lower its population without abortion. So this is a key element here. And so what do we see now globally in the state policy of today? Mm -hmm. So we have under the current administration, in the United States, a president and his uh, and his party advocating for f funds to be used mm -hmm. you know and no no nothing to be prevented from using funds abroad as much as they can but basically and, they can give money to or like USAID or they can right. give money to the UN and then the UN can then use that money to correct. promote abortion that's correct so and, directly the US isn't funding it but the US is giving money right. to an organization right. that's going and, to use it and you're it. talking millions into the billions of dollars yeah and so and also working with other agencies some of them as we just mentioned International mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood is still a very active participant in this mm -hmm. so to answer your question directly yes they promote what, what today they would call sexual reproductive health Mm -hmm. The rights of women to be able to have access to reproductive health. That's what they call it. It's not health. It's sterilization, 
contraception, and abortion. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Uh, and you mentioned India earlier. Yes, we still have very clear issues, which can be a, a podcast unto itself with the use of, um, by uh, in, imposing, uh, you know, upon uh, women, especially after a second cesarean delivery, mm-hmm to have be sterilized. So this is a very big issue still today uh, that we're dealing with. But when you look at the Philippines, for example, so you wanna say, what's the fruit of all this, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, the fruit of it can be looked at many ways, but I would say, what has the mindset created? So today we have, uh, obviously, did the United States create the Chinese, China's one-child policy? No, China did that, all right? Mm-hmm. So the Communist Party did this. But when you look at the Philippines, the Philippines now is be below, for the first time, replacement level. In 1965, the average size of the Filipino family was seven children. Wow. Now it's below replacement. Mm-hmm. So these, and it's the United States that's imposed these values upon the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So in not just the United States, obviously other first world nations, you know, in their own policies, you know, we see UK aid working, you know, all over Africa doing the same thing. We see the issues out of Japan as another example, Australia is another one, New Zealand is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are many other so-called developed nations uh, that are imposing this. So we, the fruit is here and, mm-hmm. and, and you're real, realizing that you look at Europe as a whole, all right, is below replacement level. Yeah. So we have an entire populace, you know, not just because of the Kissinger report. Mm-hmm. Kissinger report is taking advantage of this moment of time. Mm-hmm. And remember now, we got to go back. Ni- and late saying 1960s, this is how we can use it to benefit. Yeah. You got to remember the idea of legalization or imposing of abortion upon the United States. And this would have been a year after Roe in 1974. That's right. So you see they're, they're taking, and also you have Paul Elric's document in 1968 talking about this population boom. So people, I mean, today I have, I have very dear friends, you know, who, uh, you know, who are in the latter part of life who will sometimes speak of this language. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, so it's out there. I'm still, I guess, stuck on the logic of this, though, because you would think that if they're really trying to make the United States, like, superior in a sense, like, oh, we're going to use these means to lessen the populations of these other countries. Why didn't they? But you, if you have lots of kids and you have a growing population, you're going to have a more stable country. Right. Why weren't they at the same time encouraging Americans to have lots of kids? It well, doesn't seem logical that you're saying, let's reduce the populations of these countries so we get their national well, resources. Try, well, you're trying to think uh, of it that, that it had a logical motivation. It does not. So it <laughs> Double has, standards. It, it has within itself, it, remember, again, we want to live like we want to live. So in the sense of look at the United States. I mean, we have, we're b- below replacement level yeah. ourselves, all right, now for the last, I think it's now seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. And so, but we like our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is what people have embraced. And I'm going to give you an example of how that works. So if you look at the uh, many parts of Europe, mm-hmm. so where countries have been given incentivized by trying to give money to couples to welcome children, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. China has tried this. It's not working because you've created the mindset that in order for me to be able to travel, to have the niceties of life, to be able to enjoy my freedom, to kind of go where I want to go and not be, you know, shackled down by children who are costly, expensive. And Time Magazine, you know, was it our Newsweek one? I mean, Brian talks about this all the time. I think it was, I can't remember which one. It was one either Time or Newsweek, one of the two, you know, put that to raise one child cost a parent over a million dollars. I mean, and put a barcode across the child's forehead. I think it's Newsweek. And you, so you can think of all the stuff is feeding this mm-hmm. and in fear 
fear of a of another country growing in population. So you can you can mm-hmm. you get a Cold War period. I mean, what happens if a population grows? They become a threat, you know, to our own country. So so the, and that's why you can look at the document as it looks at both the social the political and economic, economic, and also military. Point so it was of view. less of how can we strengthen the U.S. and de-strengthen, like weaken these other countries. It was more of how do we stop these other countries become from becoming a threat to right. our nation. Well, I think it depends what you mean by strength. Our way of so life. it was looking the strength of the United States. It's the main, yeah. No, the, I guess I meant through the same means. Like right, it wasn't right. saying reduce the populations of these other countries, but we should encourage the population right. of America so that we remain quote unquote superior. Well, we, it right. was saying. We want to keep our way of life the way it is. Right. So we're going to, we're, but we don't want these other countries to get stronger than we are. So we're going to decrease their populations. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so it doesn't mean that the, the political motivation is not there. It doesn't mean that the military point, I mean, right, mm-hmm. we have a right to protect ourselves from unjust aggressors. So, I mean, so you can see, you know, how they can use that language to, 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 to feed, you know, mm-hmm. policy, you know, because yes, we, we, we do have a right to protect ourselves. We do have- But not by- Destroying the populations of other countries and, and, and destroying marriage and, and undermining yeah. the beautiful gift of, uh, of 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 love between a husband and wife and you know and imposing these values. I mean, Africa is a good example of this. I mean, when you look at Africa, and that's why you you watch all these agencies at work in Africa. You know, USAID, the United Nations Population Fund. You will see IPPF at work. You'll see Mary, Mary Stopes International. You see all these groups and many many others, dozens, hundreds of them working. Mm-hmm to promote depopulation under the guise, Colleen, that mm-hmm. you'll be happier. You have much more economic stability. You have be able to uh, have a nicer home and be able to take care of your other children. You know, so by, it's a mindset imposing, but all that it's done in, 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 in most regard has made larger fam- poor, larger families into smaller poor families. I mean, mm-hmm. so basically, because as, uh, as Emil Hagamu in, in uh, Tanzania speaks about all the time, and we've quoted him, I've quoted him numerous times. Mm-hmm. You look at Africa, which is really where the population is growing. Mm-hmm. Nigeria, Uganda, you know, uh, and other countries uh, within the continent, and, and yet no electrification, mm-hmm. no access to clean drink and water. The whole issue of, of infrastructure, bridges, highways, you know, uh, the uh, access to good hospital, health care. Mm-hmm. These are the things that are needed. This is what Pope Francis, Pope Benedict, John Paul II, and many others have saying that, uh, and this was condemned under John Paul in Centissimus Annus as well. He speaks of this in the idea that, you know, shared resource. So, for example, you know, I'm going to just make up a, a, of a resource. Uh, let's say access to technology. Just mm-hmm. the internet. Now, the internet is nothing more than a tool. It can mm-hmm. be used for good and it can be used for evil. It's a tool. So, but how many people in the developing world do not have access to good technology? Mm-hmm. So, but yet technology has helped many countries like the United States to be to be a player on the economic market, to help bring stability to its own country and to economic growth. Would we not want the same for Africa? Mm-hmm. Of course we should. That's what John Paul would talk about. This is what Pope Benedict talked about. Pope Francis has been talking about. Mm-hmm. In the idea, but we're tying charity. We're tying economic growth to to depopulation. To all this, uh, this aid is only going to be given to you. Look at the Joe Biden. This is under the Obama era. All right, let's go to Nigeria. Is a good example of this. You know, the money will flow. Quote from Joe Biden: If you change your constitution to include, i.e., reproductive health. 
So, mm-hmm. and so this is, this is leveraging, you know, an evil upon a people that that's not what they need. So giving funds, if they support the things that the administration wants them to and withholding Correct. funds, if they refuse Correct. to. And, Interesting. and the motivations that let lie underneath the scab of the Kissinger report are still here today. It's mm-hmm. still, this is un, under the, under the Trump administration in the United States. When President Trump uh, was trying to deal with some of the USAID and other issues and was successful in decreasing the amount of funding. Mm-hmm. He admitted, and so did other members of his administration, that that the this, he didn't make reference to the Kissinger report directly, mm-hmm. but what he made reference to is that this policy, this mindset is so tentacled into so many departments, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get it out. And it's, and it's true because this is policy. So imagine now, so if this is the state policy, which it it was under the Nixon era, Ford era, moving forward, that means every department with under the federal government has to in, in, in be in line with this. So and you can see- it's never been rescinded, I never. don't believe? No one has ever come out and actually rejected this document and denounced it. And so this is key today in our current state policy. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is listen to, listen to Joe Biden, listen to the administration when they speak about these issues. Why don't people talk about that? Why, like, why aren't people talking about this report? I mean, we are right now, but I don't know. It just seems like it's something that if it's really influencing all of our state policies and it's impacting the rest of the world so much more, people should know about it. Well, they should. But, and, and, and again, but let's be honest. So many of our the mindset of many of our country is in line with this this, no, this personal true. view. I mean, this is this is the sad reality. This is why, so that when we speak about this, you know, oh, you're just conspiracist. That's all you are, you know. And but you know, but no one wants to read the document. You know, read what it says. Look at the people, and you just gave a perfect quote of a current reality of the same document. Those 13 countries that you made reference mm-hmm. to, and the very fact of the money that's being given to the International Planned Parenthood Federation to actually give to these specific well, countries. That's are just the money, money that right. International Planned Parenthood gives them. I I don't right. know what money the U.S. is giving to IPPF right. to give that. So you'd have so, to see. Have yeah. to follow I didn't back. go that deep dive right. into it. It that's was more of how do these two do they line up with each that's other? That's where Brian Close could be of help because he <laughs> follows the number and yeah. you know and and the billions of dollars that are being allocated toward these agencies. And just think, we're just one country among many others. The mm-hmm. U.K. has its own very similar approach in state policy. We can look at the issues of Australia, very similar. Because what we do is we 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 couch it using that term that you mentioned that couch it under stability of the United States as a sovereign nation, mm-hmm. that we, to protect our own borders, to protect our own interests. And that all sounds good because they are in themselves important, you know, mm-hmm. you know, protection, not being able to be overcome by another foreign power. These are all things that we must be concerned about, of course, but that's the word. That's but. <laughs> what I, but and and so this is where it's important for us to be to look at this and then again if we look at the amount of money being given to the United Nations Population Fund if we look at the amount of money that the United States is given to the United Nations and other agencies to do what mm-hmm. what is the purpose of this now again it doesn't mean that every little detail that it, that they're doing for example I can point out that USAID all right, mm-hmm. actually has many programs that are very good programs that are supporting good things. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I can point out many, many horrific things that the USAID is supporting in the developing world. So it's important to see that, you know, we, we've always, you know, uh, uh, in the sense of HLI, looked at this is the, 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 it's not so much that the government should not be 
you know, uh, providing funds for certain works around the world, but it should not be attached to this kind of policy. I just realized the Kissinger report was 50 years ago. Because 2024, it's 1974 to 2024. Interesting. Right. right. We'll yeah. be writing more about it, actually. It's going to be very much something. It's, it's, we, we, like I said, we, we talk about this, and, and people around the world, we introduce this to them, and we, we actually give them the link to read. Mm-hmm. And uh, it infuriates people because yeah. they realize that it is imperialism. You know, mm-hmm. is, this is, you know, an imposition of, a, of another nation imposing its own selfish motivation upon another people. When I remember, I believe you said this one time, like imagine over the past 50 years if all that money that had been spent on abortion and contraception had been spent right. trying to help people get access to clean water, had been spent helping people build roads, that right. we really could have done things to make other people's lives better. And instead right. there right. was a selfish motivation or a misguided That's right. Misguided right. understanding of what right. helps people. Well, I, I really believe that this is where the church has been such, such uh, an advocate for the beauty of family and life. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and her objectivity in this conversation is so important mm-hmm. that uh, she does not approach, you know, in this conversation other than by starting with the dignity of every person and the rights that flow from that dignity and no one has a right to 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 reject that or to violate that, mm-hmm. and and we see that the church is really the only one that speaks up against it, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we see and out of all of the uh, the and I'm going to put the church as an agency, just using the language for a moment, all right, but as an as as an institution that dedicates so much of its time, its energy, its resources, and people and money to serving humanity, mm-hmm. there is no other other entity doing that you know on the level of which the church does globally and and we see the fruit of that and you know and the same thing when you think of uh, of mother Teresa of calcutta and many other uh, religious groups that are working tirelessly around the world serving caring you know and starting with that human dignity uh is and, and and building you know tremendous communities where they teach people how to fish how to how to how to uh, grow how to do agriculture how to do so many things all these beautiful groups working mm-hmm. shows that when you start with the human person and you build on that then you help the community grow and it promotes what we know the principle of subsidiarity yeah. and then it promotes solidarity this Kissinger report has nothing to do with solidarity no. has nothing to do with the principle of subsidiarity it has everything to do with a selfish intent of a nation to maintain its own economic, military, political, and social stability on the back of other people. Yeah, at whatever the cost. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show to discuss this today, Father, because like I said, I haven't read it. I've read a lot about it, but I haven't really ever gone into a deep dive into it. And so I have obviously had a lot of questions and I think it's good right. to introduce it to our listeners. And it comes up a lot in the different conversations we have right. and the ones that we have, especially about the mission field, because you see the direct effects of this. Right all over the world. And so I'm really glad that we got to have an episode kind of laying it out. And I definitely agree that we should probably have Brian on at some point to discuss it. More he, I mean, because I mean, without a say, he lives and breathes. I mean, because he's done so much work in this area. Yeah. But maybe uh, with, on, on, on the show notes, you can maybe maybe link the Spirit in Life column yeah, that I did. I will. And also maybe uh, uh, maybe some articles that Brian has written. Mm-hmm. And that'll kind of get people maybe stirred up a little bit. <laughs> and and, and we, really, we should be stirred up. And I would say this in closing would, is that we need to engage those who serve in political office. And I will tell you, when we bring this document up to those that serve in our federal and state level mm-hmm. as you as, until you came here they haven't heard because you're not going to see that i mean people know the kissinger report 
I mean, mm-hmm. they'll, you, you'll hear that mentioned because it, that's its name, or at least uh, the subname. Uh, but uh, yeah. but people will realize, especially when Kissinger just recently died, this mm-hmm. has all been resurfaced. But we're not the only, you know, Catholic and uh, pro-life organization that, that speak, speaks about this. Mm-hmm. So the more that people hear it, the more that people can say, well, how do we change our state policy? How do we change our approach toward mm-hmm. Uh, our, our charity toward our aid to other yeah. nations. We should change those policies and we should not tie them to any of this stuff. And yeah. we know that at the end of the day that uh, I, uh, reproductive health, i.e. sterilization, contraception, abortion, is nothing more than about promoting an ideology. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with really the human flourishing. And 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 so it's important for people to to understand and then to challenge those in public office to make a difference. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you so much for coming back on the show today thank to you. talk about this. And to all of our listeners, please like, follow, subscribe, leave us a review, and check out the new ebooks we have coming out. When the Plant Parenthood ebook comes out, I'll link it in the description below. Thank you. Have a great day. God bless.